save the king hello and welcome to pod save the king i'm your host zoe forsey and i'm joined as always by our royal esther russell myers how are you russ i'm all right i'm preparing to uh to batten down the hatches as a you i think it's going to be a pretty busy week isn't it yes now before we start i'm going to kind of explain um what's going so this is very much a recording of two halves so we are rec- sitting down and recording on thursday off no we're not it's i've not even started yet russell i already <laughs> don't know what's happening this does not bode well for the next 48 hours it is wednesday afternoon and we're sitting down to do this recording now obviously because we come out on thursdays we were gonna we plan to record late so that we could include everything from Meghan and Harry's documentary but we were also quite keen of because tomorrow's going to be very chaotic in the newsroom and there's going to be lots going on we wanted to make sure that we went over all the other royal events that have happened in the last week properly and that we didn't rush them because there's so much big stuff that's been happening uh, kind of away from Meghan and Harry and the land of Netflix so we're going to drop that kind of later recording on Thursday um, and then we're going to kind of crack on with the rest of the show so I will kind of leave I will leave you with future Slightly more sleep-deprived, stressed, chaotic Zoe and Russell from tomorrow. So there we go. Right, here we are recording the second part of this podcast. It is now Thursday evening, so 24 hours since we recorded the first chunk of this episode. And, well, it's been quite it's been quite a kind of 12 hours, hasn't it? It's, I feel like we've had 12 weeks, I know. Alone 12 hours. It feels like a very long time ago that we sat there kind yeah. of looking forward to it. So, the first three episodes uh, dropped this morning uh, at 8 o'clock on Netflix, which is midnight uh, in the US. And we in the office here in Mirror HQ have all been frantically trying to get through as much of it as we can. Um, so, yeah, we've watched the, the lot of it now and here to talk through some of the main lines. And there is an awful lot to get through. But what we've picked out is some of the biggest points uh, for you to, you know, to kind of talk about. And then we're going to list through some of the other bits as well. Mm. And we're actually in the studio recording we this. We are. We're which together. is very we're exciting. We're actually in the studio. I'm wearing it's my jacket. It's really cold. Very cold. Very cold. Now, so let's go straight in because, as I said, there's, there's a lot to talk through now the one of the first bit that we mentioned that i think you've taken for the top line is the what seemed like quite a a bit of an attack on Mm. from harry on william and charles now he didn't directly say it was about william and charles but there's not really anyone else it could have been about this is how clever they've been i think because Mm. we aren't talking about any specific bombshells here are we We know when you had the oprah winfrey interview it was you know the royal racist who it was the fact that megan was feeling suicidal she felt abandoned by the royal family there was some real massive talking points and i think this almost is like death by a thousand cuts it's sort of give it's it's all within the veil of uh you know we're we were the ones who set upon we just wanted to get on with our normal little lives and and live uh, happily ever after and yet when you actually look at the detail because I, I will admit when i first watched it really quickly this morning you know we, we what you were watching two i was watching one somebody yeah. else watching three and we were feverishly bashing away into a google doc and sort of trying to read it whilst watch it i actually thought oh, i think they come across actually mm. really well and it'll be interesting to see it a second time because when we've got together and looked at the main talking points i'm like oh i actually do think it cuts quite deep because yeah you know this issue about prince harry saying uh you know essentially essentially blasting his brother he's saying that um when he was questioning whether there was going to be any help for megan and he sounded quite desperate but didn't he but he was saying that uh, as far as his family were concerned it was almost and this in quotes almost like a rite of passage and some members of the family were like my wife had to go through that so why should your girlfriend be treated any differently why should you get special treatment why should she be protected and of course his argument was like there is a race element here and i think we kind of all do agree regardless of your viewpoint of Harry and Meghan or how they handled it we do agree that there was some racially charged commentary and in the media and on social media and he did feel set upon and certainly the fact that they had Doria Raglan speaking for the first time in this documentary shows you that that was a topic of conversation that was being had like Doria was saying Listen, you 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 better be careful because the race is going to be uh, quite a, quite a big issue with you joining the royal family. So, um, yeah, I mean that is definitely um, an attack on his brother. They, they, I mean, Kate and William come in for a pretty bruising encounter. Meghan comes, you know, talks about their first meeting, saying, you know, I'm a hugger. 
typically American, I suppose some Brits will say, um, I can say this because my mother-in-law is American. She loves a hug. She loves all sort of uh, being very sort of over the, over the top and emotional. And William and Kate, the representation of the British royal family, very staid, stiff upper lip. That just went down like a lead balloon. And she's, I can't remember the, the exact terminology, but she's just basically saying that I, I didn't realise how um, jarring that would be for mm. them. And so you get this whole concept of they they're the really chilled out people who wanted to um, modernise the monarchy and and essentially that is quite true but you can't just put you know a bulldozer through this centuries old institution you've got to kind of respect some of the, uh, the maybe the archaic tones within it um, and and you know I thought that was quite unfortunate with, with Kate and William because I do think they are quite warm personalities yeah. now we've kind of we gone into that kind of very full on and we've kind of mentioned lots of different bits of it but let's talk about the yes. specifics you can so, rain, rain me back the, in <laughs> no it's the same because I did warn people in the first bit of this intro that it was going to be a bit chaotic <laughs> <laughs> so I do apologise I've had an awful lot of sugar to get through today and an awful lot of co- um, coffee so now so this was so the attack on William and Charles that we mentioned this was Harry saying about the headlines in the press and how they were t- Told just to kind of ignore headlines that they claimed were false or negative and just to carry on with it. And Harry said that he was basically trying to get Meghan more protection from that. And he says that, I think it's members of my family say... Uh, you know, members of the royal family said that you know, well, it's just right of passage. Your Women have to go not through it. Get yeah, why has your girlfriend yeah. got to get different treatment? And while he didn't, as you said, like he was quite vague with it. But who else could he have been speaking about? He could only be talking about Charles you know with regards to either Camilla or Diana or William and talking about Kay or they did put a picture of Fergie in there as well but maybe it was you know Andrew Andrew. (laughs) you know I'm definitely speaking about his brother as sure as I can be sure he's speaking about his brother and to even mention the fact that William would have said that I mean it just smacks of division straight away doesn't it I don't think Charles would have even had those conversations with him surely William uh, surely Harry would have gone to William straight away and said we need help here and you know if William did say that well that smacks of abandonment doesn't Mm. it if you know his brother who he was getting on well with to that point you know does it feed into the whole um backstory of William not necessarily liking um Megan thinking that you know better take your time with this girl son and you need mm-hmm. to calm down and uh and you know protect yourself and protect the family and they weren't going to bend over backwards and I just think this this whole concept of once that did happen let's say it did happen take it on yeah. face value that it did happen well then Harry's back is up against the wall and he thinks do you know what we are being set upon here my girlfriend is being set upon the girl that I love and we've obviously told very very quickly within the first episode about their love story and how they fell in love very quickly and they were on the third date they were going to Botswana so on and so forth so they they, they fell for each other very very quickly I don't think they really had an even a choice to to not do to do that so they they very much felt like they were on their own from from the get-go i suppose and the other kind of point we mentioned in the little intro that we did was talking about Kate and the formalities behind scene. And Megan saying that she was really surprised that the kind of public facing view was very similar. But again, there weren't the specifics. So the quote was that, you know, that um they had Kate and William over for dinner. So this was at Kensington Palace where they were all neighbours and mm. we all assumed they were this kind of fab four and they were really close. But Megan says, oh, I was there in bare feet and ripped jeans. But she never says that Kate wasn't like that and we see dressed down Kate a lot well, you know she's you in know, you know might have been that... rocking a pussy better than a ripped Ooh, there we go maybe. there we go but we see this you know we've had we do see dressed down Kate quite a lot we see you know there's been like fates and fairs and you know the summer yeah, they um, weren't the horse up show in a tiara, go. exactly you know, every, it would have been pretty casual yeah and again like you know i know they say that brits aren't hugger i'm a hugger i ha- hug everyone you i'm do, you know you that do. and it's you know a lot of our northern colleagues you know were very much of that as well but again if my brother bought kind of a new girlfriend home you know like it wouldn't you what you do put on you know yeah. you put on your best face of like Absolutely. aren't we a nice you know you Absolutely. kind of do that you're not going to be sitting there and being like oh I've had a day and you're like yeah. putting your feet up on the sofa you do put <laughs> on a bit of a front especially when again this was the early days of their relationship and while they obviously I'm assuming hoped it would work out they didn't know that they weren't going to break up six months later exactly. and Megan was going to sell stories like they are used to this world of knowing that people 
So stories about it, you've got to have your guard up. Of course you have. And this is the case for royals, but surely this has got to be the case for all celebrities. Like, you know, you must kind of the first meetings you have with people. You've got to, you have to, people have to earn your trust. And that can't have been the surprise. And yeah, I was... You know, I thought lots, it was unfortunate. Yeah. I thought it was an unfortunate sort of um, interpretation of the event because everybody probably did have their guard up then. The fact that, you know, they're not all hugging and joking and laughing, but then to sort of tarnish everyone by saying, you know, I didn't think it would be so jarring. And obviously, uh, the, you know, the very fact that these, 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 this lot are all the same, I thought mm-hmm. that was, um, I thought it was pretty, pretty unfortunate. And it sort of, Hammer, sledgehammer to cracking up. You've made your point. You know, you, we know you don't. You guys don't get on. You weren't being supported. I, I just felt a bit personal to me, and I think yeah. that's quite unfair. And the other bit that felt quite personal to me is he said, "Oh, there's this temptation in the royal family to marry someone that fits the mold," and that to me just felt like a kind of a bit of a dig at William, and almost like, oh well, you know, he had to marry Kate because Kate was this you know the person and she was the the good royal wife pretty blonde not mixed yeah. race that sort of vibe. and that yeah. to me just felt you know i don't think whatever your views on william and kate i don't think anyone could say that they are not completely in love like you know they met and fell at uni you, you know you can see in the picture you see of them and that to me just felt like almost he was saying well they're together because she was right for the royal job exactly. but i didn't do that and yeah. that just felt a bit that felt a bit mean yeah, and, to me. And because we've broken the mould so much, yeah. we are, you know, we are almost special because yeah. we were the ones who broke out of it. You know, we've not only... Our broke... love is better. Exactly, exactly. And they do make really valid points. And I think that, um, you know, when he's um, he's talking go- f- f- much further down, but I think it's quite relevant now, Harry goes on to speak about the royal's unconscious bias and talking about in this family, sometimes you're part of the problem rather than the solution. And he's talking about well, the documentary reference when Princess Michael of Kent wore the Blackamoor style brooch to an event that Duchess Sussex attended. I remember that in 2017, and we were like open mouthed when that happened. Mm. And we, you know, this is this has plagued the royal family in the last few days because of the, the issue of the Lady Susan Hussey and the Gozi Fulani at Buckingham Palace. It is raising this level of unconscious bias in this family. And the very fact that, that Harry, and I'm going to read this, it says, the, the thing with unconscious bias is it's n- actually no one's fault. But once it has been pointed out or identified within yourself, you need to make it right. It is education. It is awareness. It is a constant work in progress for everybody, including me. And then he goes on to address, you know, his Nazi costume shame, saying it was one of the biggest mistakes of his life, saying um, he felt so ashamed afterwards. All I wanted to do was make it right. These are really valid points. Mm. And, and I was totally really glad to see that. Points. Yeah, I was really glad to see that they addressed that. And we always knew, they very much said from the start, didn't they, that they weren't being kind of given um, creative control over this. It was being done by, you know, Netflix and the producer. And I was really glad to see that they obviously brought up these very uncomfortable subjects. But Harry used that as an opportunity to say, yeah, you know, managed to, you know, and he talked about how he learned after it and he went to meet with people and he tried to educate himself. Yes. Yes. I mean, listen, uh, there, it just seems to flip flop for me very much. I, when I first saw it, uh, the, the the first one was quite wishy washy talking about their love story. And I think most people will identify with that and say, you know, it's very well slickly produced by Netflix. But when you get down to the detail, these, these, con- these sort of almost constant personal attacks, um, just you know um, just didn't sit right with me there was another one where Harry sort of jibed his his father and his upbringing we know that has been fractious uh, throughout the years he talks of getting the space to, uh, and freedom to grow in Lesotho when he spent his gap year there and um, there was a bit of a joke between uh, him and the prince and the people that were gathered there saying you know my, my family are getting a bit worried that I'm spending too much time here but then he goes on to say you know I had a second family out there good friends who literally brought me up and that will jar I mean regardless uh, you know, this, is, this is a period after he'd lost his, his mother and the, the the family, for for better or for worse, did do their best to rally round. Now, unfortunately, it's it, it there was none of that. There was none of that. Like, yeah, I know my family did the best they could, but mm. everybody was in a difficult position. Position. There was no qualification of it. And I think had there been some of that, there would have been slightly um, much more uh, wiggle room for for a future and I think there there is no there is no future 
And as you said, he mentioned, you know, he spoke about his mum a lot. There was a lovely photo, actually, of um, Lilibet being shown, you know, like Megan mm. holding Lilibet up and looking at a beautiful old black and white photo of Diana on the wall. But one of the points that I found actually really heartbreaking was Harry saying that he doesn't have many early memories of his mum. And he said, my childhood, I remember, was filled with laughter, filled with happiness and filled with adventure. I don't have many early memories of my mum. It was almost inter- it was almost like internally I sort of blocked them out. But I always remember her laugh. Um, and I just found that really, you know, that was one of the bits that really moved me, actually. Um, that well, it's, he, it's you know, quite interesting. And I think that, again, this, this will undoubtedly um, fill the column inches tomorrow. And I, I'm still, still not sure where, where I stand on it. Because on the one hand, you've, you've bemoaned the fact that you've, you want to leave for your right to privacy and um, then your children's privacy as well. And then on the other, you have taken part in a multi, multi, multi-million dollar Netflix series where you have given over. The genie is out the bottle now, well and truly. You've given them everything. I mean, I was astounded at the amount of uh, photographs. There's so many it's photos in there. I mean, it, it, could have, it could have been laced with pictures of them. But, uh, you know, not talking about the just about the pictures it's the video diaries that were taking place it's the professional photography both inside and outside the palace um it's it, it there this is a full-on window into their world so i mean as i said it's it, the game has changed now mm. for them i don't think that they can just walk away from this they are t- celebrities and they've walked away from it and they don't have the protection of the royal family that the royal family do with their private lives yeah because they have opened the door and there's it's not just opening doors a picture of them it's pictures from inside their house it's pictures yeah. of the kids it's a very you know while we sit there and you know we see so much of um george and charlotte and louis but we see them at public events but here you can you know you can see the decor of the house you can see the blanket you can see the photos on the wall it's a whole different level of insight and it's weird that i feel like we've probably seen more of Archie and Lilibet in these three short episodes because you know you see them in their personal we know what type of buggy they've got we know the stroller we know all of this whereas yeah exactly which I found um which I thought was really interesting as well one of the things that really stood out to me though was they started filming these pieces to camera the video diaries as they called Mm. them very early so I kind of assumed that maybe they would have got this deal with Netflix and then started filming but this was in I think the first clip was at Heathrow wasn't it on the day of Mexit so the day that he went back and he's saying we've just just finished our last duties we're finished so that suggests that they had this and what was it they said it's that they one of our friends has suggested that we start documenting these well, moments one of and, my friends who's a yeah, Netflix executive yeah and we don't know why we're doing it but we're sure it'll make sense in future I mean, come and on, it's, this, this yeah. is the issue I think a lot of this uh, was played out that people are stupid and mm. that people won't look for the inconsistencies they won't look for the the issues with it I mean there's stuff about the date night I mean it's quite revelatory that we were yeah. texting and I saw a Snapchat pitter still got those pictures from Snapchat yeah. I mean they're their their phones must be filled up to uh, to kingdom come because they've got an awful lot of photos that they've you know pretty much given all of them to to netflix but there are i mean i've seen i haven't had time to go through everything today but i've seen oh here we go six prince and harry and Meghan markle claims proved to be untrue what have we got you know who, she didn't know who prince has was uh, oh she, yes so this she, was really interesting actually there was a clip of her being asked you know with celebs they sometimes do these red carpet quick fire questions and one of the questions was prince harry or prince william Yes. So, you oh, know, yeah, when she yeah, just so got... She that knew, was early, yeah. though, 2000... It was 2015, so a yeah, year really early. Got, we put aside false that they went on a blind date, but I suppose it still was a blind date, Well, no, it? we've I've had a few conversations about this in the office today. So the original line was that they were set up by a blind by a friend, blind date, and even in their engagement interview, they said, we're going to protect the friend's privacy and not say who it is. But what they've now said is that Harry was actually scrolling on his friend's Instagram, saw this photo of Meghan with the you know the snap flat dog uh, dog ears snapchat yes. dog ears filter and said i like her she's good messaged his mate and said who's your friend can we set up the friend then emailed megan and said oh prince harry likes you are you interested and she apparently replied saying who's prince has and then they started messaging well, and they actually put the we- messages in there and then they voice called and then they went on a date 
And to me, that's not a blind date. To me, a blind date is you walk in and have no idea if you're going to like the person, recognise them. You know, like very much I'm the one holding the red rose type thing because you don't know what they look like. Whereas if you've been messaging for days before and doing video calls, to me, that's not... You know, you're still set up by a friend, but... To me, that's not a blind date. I think you're right. I think you're right. Maybe we're splitting hairs and being a bit unkind. What Mm. what are the other ones? Uh, Megan didn't have any say in her engagement. False. Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty unfair to call it an orchestrated reality show whilst you're speaking on an orchestrated reality (laughs) show. I mean, the lack of awareness is absolutely staggering. And there were reports that she picks, obviously, the engagement interview they did. She was very involved in picking the person they were going to speak to. She was very involved in speaking, I remember. She just literally (laughs) spoke over him at every opportunity. Uh, Yeah, Michelle Hussain Hussain did the the interview. Um, Again, I mean, the fact... uh, This stuff about Harry and Meghan, Harry saying, I had to get engaged in the UK because my granny was there and I had to ask for permission. Well, that's nonsense. Kate and William quite famously got engaged in Kenya. In Kenya, exactly. Um, stuff about I didn't wear colour. I mean, she's trying to really do herself down here. But I you know what? The colour, the colour. Uh, you know, wearing colour. And I hadn't noticed until she said this, and I went back through our kind of picture, uh, picture archives, and it, that is actually true. She wore a lot of creams, kind of like camel colour, neutral shades. I'm not entirely sure where the idea comes from that you're not allowed to wear a brighter colour to do a royal but she did wear all cream and stuff and that red dress she wore to that gala in 2021 Mm. which was their first red carpet um I remember, I remember speaking about that dress in detail with Sarah Bradbury on a fashion episode, actually, as one of Where the, the looks of last year. I know, we clearly missed your <laughs> input on that one. But, you know, she said that, oh, I never was, you know, I didn't want to clash and I didn't want to embarrass the family. But there's been a lot of rumours over the years about what royal protocol is and are they allowed to have coloured nails or they can't wear wedges and all these kind of ridiculous tales about what the royals can and can't do. But I've never heard mention of more junior rules aren't allowed to wear brighter colours and I think Beatrice and Eugenie would have something to say about that because we all know they love a they love a colour they don't they exactly so uh, anyway I mean where where are we the links with Diana I mean are laced throughout this Mm. whole thing and of course it's kind of like a broken record and on one hand yes I do feel sorry for Harry he is absolutely tortured by the death of his mother and he's he's shaped by it isn't he but I th- you know, anyone I've spoken to, um, and I was on uh, Lorraine with Paul Burrell today, and he said any um, uh, references or similarities between Meghan and Princess Diana are p- pretty outlandish because there are absolutely nothing like each other. I mean, but I suppose that's a man, a young man or young woman in love. You always see the better, the best of that person. And if you've, if your mum is your hero, then you're. You're trying to see the the best, and you're, he's almost trying to look for the signs, isn't he? Mm. To say this is the one, this is the one. I could leave my family because this person is the one who is right for me. Coming back to, you know, these torturous men and the tortured women of this institution, and they just fit the mold, and I'm breaking the mold, and you know, so on and so forth. I'm labouring the point, but I think. Um, you know, he's 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 a tortured old soul, is Harry, isn't he? And he's and he's looking for the uh, the, the 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 signs and everything. Do you know one of the bits that I really love though? It was so nice to hear from Doria. Yes, because yeah, we have big, not big heard. Yeah. You know, she's been so good, and while her, you know, while Megan's dad, Megan's half sister Samantha, have been, you know, cashing in at every opportunity and done any interview to kind of talk about Megan, she has been so grace gracious, so kind of. I've seen her as like so sophisticated through it. She came to the wedding. She's never spoken out. Um, but she's been at Megan's side to support her, you know, the day before the wedding, um, at her first engagement with the, um, oh gosh, I can't remember, the Grenfell cookbook, yes. where they did that launch. She's been there yeah. at the big thing, but she's always stayed very quiet. And it was lovely to her, he, see her speak. She did a few interviews. And the top line of, what, line of it was, the last five years have been challenging. I'm ready to have my voice heard, that's for sure. And she kind of shares the experience of what it was like God, I can't even imagine what it would be. You know, I don't have children, but to watch your child go through this must be... Of course. And not to have a voice. So, listen, I I totally get the fact of speaking out. I mean, how much more is there to say? I don't don't think... It just seems a bit like mudslinging at the Mm. moment. We kind of know... If if Harry's book wasn't on the horizon, you could probably say, fair enough. Yeah. 
fair enough. You've drawn a line under it. Move on. We don't think we're going to speak about anything else. But that's definitely not going to be the way it is, is it? No. So where are we? I mean, listen, we've got, uh, I suppose, Megan hitting out with her family. This is the first time she's really spoken yeah, about Samantha Markle. Yeah, that I was surprised we about. We definitely know she hasn't got a uh, relationship with her father. Um, the uh, We must mention Harry's war with the media because I think it is very relevant, even though he mentions royal correspondents and royal experts and the people who have a uh, the PR arm of the British royal family. Of course, I would sort of re- refute that because... You know, there's been many negative stories that have been written in just uh, the, you know, the the past year. You took a look at the allegations surrounding Charles's charities. You look at the the way that the um, Prince and Princess of Wales's trip to the Caribbean was mentioned, and the the slavery uh, reparation and uh, protests that were going on there. I mean, and again, Harry's saying, my, it is my duty to uncover this exploitation and bribery which happens in the media. He says the media have been on a dirty game with the royal family for decades. And then sort of quite menacingly, I thought, we know the full truth. The institution knows the full truth and the media knows the full truth because they've been in on it. I mean, I think he's getting a bit carried away here. Mm. Because, um, we, we do know that, of course people like myself are part of the Royal Rota and we are invited to events and there is discussion with the palaces but you know he's talking about unless we see specific examples of as he says planting of stories Mm. this dirty game then it's just conjecture and I don't think that he really has a leg to stand on because you know he is giving speaking to the cows come home mm. and the the royal family arguably haven't got a, a, a right to reply which interestingly brings us on to the Ooh, right of reply nice nice segue, nice segue in. Because this has caused a lot of headache today well, hasn't it's just it it's <laughs> so easy right so in the first in the first few seconds of the netflix um first episode it flashes up and it says, I'm going to read it, it says, Members of the royal family decline to comment on the content within this series. Now, within a few hours, uh, royal sources uh, connected to Buckingham Palace and, and Kensington Palace have said, pretty much, in no way, shape or form had we been contacted. Which is, you know, we, we weren't expecting any, uh, we haven't, still haven't got any official response from the palaces on the content of this. I think from the conversations I was having that they were going to keep their powder dry, wait till next week, see the lay of the land and then respond. I personally don't think anything in that first few episodes is anything worth responding to. It all mm. seems a bit personal and a bit tit for tat. But, uh, so palace is pretty much saying none of us were contacted. Then a few hours later, it appears that Kensington Palace had been contacted because Netflix had said we definitely had, did reach out to them. Then several hours later, um, you know, other palace sources saying Buckingham Palace had been contacted. It was through a third party purporting to be through a production company attached to the series. They had both reached out to those uh, that company and said, you know, what's all this about? Can you show us your credentials? And then never heard anything. So at the moment, it's a bit wishy-washy and a bit he said, she said. Which I think is fair enough. Well, How they should have got the kind of Kensington Palace email address. No, but I mean... The confusion you can understand, sorry, I've kind of at the wrong point then, but you understand that if they try to verify, how many emails do you reckon the kind of General Kensington Palace For sure, thing must get? absolutely, but they must have known this was coming down. Yeah. The they would have been asked, did you get a right of reply? People have been asking this mm. of the palaces all week. 100%. Have you had a right of reply mm. yet? No comment, no comment, no comment. And then it sort of leaks out that this is, you know, the fact is that uh, there have been approaches and it's all a bit of a mess at the moment. Um, and maybe people are trying to get their ducks in a row either side of the pond on this. However, I just think it's um, it's, a, it's a bit of a mess. And yeah, so that's been... So what it is now is we know that... So what, yeah, like I said, I think everyone's lost track a bit. You, you've been running up and down the office giving us updates, everything's thing. So <laughs> they've said that they... It was they were given a right of reply, but yeah. not from Netflix, not from Archwell, from kind of the production company, is how how it is at the moment, yes. isn't it? Well, um, a, a company you know attached to the production company it all seems a bit wishy washy, but it's pretty easy. They, they they've said they've reached out to Archwell, didn't hear anything else again, and so perhaps that was on purpose because they didn't really want to get involved mm. in a discussion either way. 
So where are we? So now we've got, um, you know, the very fact that we have uh, another three episodes to get through. Maybe oh, there let's will quickly, be before we move on to that, I just mm. want to mention one of the kind of nice stories in it oh, that do. I thought was cute. Uh, there was the Megan kind of recalled her first royal Christmas oh, uh, in Sandringham. Great. This is lovely. lovely. So this was kind of the, it was a lot of made of it at the time because it's a bit of a royal protocol break, wasn't it? Because she was invited to royal Christmas before she actually married into the family because obviously they got engaged in the November. Um, although a lovely engagement pictures in there as well weren't there see she took some pictures on her yes, phone there was actually yes. the snap of you know he laid out a picnic blanket there was those electric candles he Very was down nice. on one knee that was really cute as well uh, but yes yeah, so Megan got to go to Royal Christmas before she was married in I think probably because she was living in the UK and if she couldn't get home I assume it's because you know they, they can't leave someone on their own for Christmas day but she said that she got to sit next to Prince Philip at Christmas and she kind of reported back to Harry afterwards and said oh, we had a great chat <laughs> it was lovely yeah. real heart to heart and <laughs> And then what was it that Harry said? Um, oh. Told her later she had the bad ear and he basically couldn't hear anything out of it. Oh, God. <laughs> wounder. I mean, I, f- I thought that was hilarious. Although I really like that. They failed to see the funny side. That was yeah. a really funny story. That's hilarious. And you can just I mean, imagine Prince Philip being like, exactly. can't hear any of this, but yeah, I'm just going to sit there quietly and yeah. chat about it. But yeah. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a lovely little kind of nugget. But yeah, as you said, that was the wasn't it as, could have been funny yeah. and it could have been like you know they, they failed to I'm sure they did have some fun you yeah know, it wasn't all doom and gloom I'm sure it was uh, you know they, they did have a bit of bit of fun at somewhere down the line but it all got it all got a bit bit worthy I mean moving on we've got three episodes yeah three next more episodes week. I think this is the you know the appetif to the main yeah. meal because they would have they knew everybody would be watching this and now everybody is intrigued so oh well there hasn't been all the bombshells mm. will they really unleash hell with them next week if they don't and it's more the same then I don't think we're going to get a response at all I don't mm. I think that what had been said to me is if there is reason to respond they will be met with robust responses if there are inaccuracies or the monarchy is being threatened or there is allegations of racism or mistreatment that they believe are unjust, then there will be a response. But if it is pretty bland like this, although I did, I did say that thought death of a thousand cuts because it just sort of chip, chip, chips away and um, maybe it'd be more of the same. I mean, we've got three, three more hours to get through. I mean, there must be other stuff to say. Yeah, so the last of the episode three ended with a 30-second trailer. So that's shorter than the other ones we've had, um, kind of teasing the next three. And these do sound, the topics in these do sound kind of a bit more, what's the word I'm looking for, meaty? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a voice can be heard kind of, you know, talking about the decision to take a step back from royal duties. And then it cuts to a clip uh, from Megan saying, this is when a family, this is a family and a family business that are in direct conflict. Ooh, so I that, haven't uh, seen this. Yeah. Oh, yeah so it. that is it's kind of the, the end big, of the, third. the end of the third one. So right. they kind of drop it in, drop it in at the end. And then Harry says, everything that's happened to us was always going to happen to us, which to me are two quite big nods to yeah. royal royal drama so that would be interesting to see and these would be you know I imagine the kind of you know people at the palace and maybe the royals I don't think they came out of it too badly today and I think maybe next week are the ones that are perhaps going to be slightly slightly more uncomfortable viewing but we did see King Charles today didn't he we were very much business as usual Um, so he was out and about um, he did uh, you know met with some people but he was asked when he was in an engagement if he'd watched it and he just kind of (laughs) as I think is to be expected kind of you know Managed yeah. to turn away and, and, and you know, oh, I've set the recorder. Yeah, I'll exactly. Watch it, watch it later. So no, who I mean, knows? You know, business, business as usual for him. Um, we wouldn't have expected anything less, would we? Really? I mean, they've got to keep calm and carry on. We're going to be seeing the rules over the next few days and what have you. So, well, before before the uh, before the next three episodes are are out, and I I don't think we'll see a response unless it is that you know it's ratcheted mm. up some somewhat. So anyway, well, it's been entertaining. It and, has been and good. I don't think anyone particularly came off that bad. No, at the I moment. don't think so. I do yeah. think the headlines are going to be screaming tomorrow mm. as they will. But you know, let us know. This is normally your gig. Let us know in the comments and... Uh... Yeah, what you thought. But actually, but one bit that I've just realised from the notes. Sorry, as I said, Russell and I have been writing kind of up and... Well, while we actually mm. started recording this, we were still both frantically typing. The curtsy that Megan did has got a lot of people oh, talking. God, sorry, we've got to we mention this. We completely mentioned this. So this was a bit of... She was kind of talking back it. about the first meeting with the Queen. And this has been mentioned before of she said, like, you know, she was learning how to curtsy outside 
you know, outside, I think it was Windsor, wasn't it? And then she does this bit where she kind of shows and she, she mocks and says, oh, well, I did this curtsy and didn't know what I was doing. And she's mocking herself in terms of being like, I did this big medieval thing. She kind of does it in front of Harry and really holds it. And he does, he does look uncomfortable when she's doing it. This was the bit that yes. I felt everything else, they were very much united front and they were very happy and they were in love and it was good. But this was the only moment that looked a bit awkward. Well, it was awkward and it was just really rude, I thought. And you know, she's explaining about how she didn't know about curtsying. I mean, come on. This is the mm. Queen of England. My Did she not watch Princess Diaries as a teenager? Who watches, you know, Frozen could tell you about mm. bowing and curtsying. And I just, I thought that was just ludicrous. And it just shows such ignorance as well. And, she, you know, she's an intelligent, um, intelligent woman. I just can't believe that she, she did that. And then just sort of take the mickey out of it. And he just looks really awkward and embarrassed. Mm. He's like looking over to the side. Well, and then behind. looking at her when she's sort of doing this ridiculous bow in front of him. And I thought, you know, regardless of whether this is the queen, this is his grandmother as well. And it's his. It's his. Who is whole, not, was ninety six yeah, at the time, 100%. and um, it just shows a quick, complete lack of respect. And regardless of whether you were going over to you know your new boyfriend or girlfriends or meeting your in laws or their granny or whatever, you would just show a level of respect mm. that was severely lacking in that moment. And I think she let herself down in that moment. And and you know some people will argue that she's shown her true colours there because everything else is an act. I'm not saying either way. I just think it was a bit. Yeah, it was a bit bloody rude. I think. Yeah, I think she was trying to. I think she was going for laughs. I think she was trying to do the funny thing, well, and I mean, it, it just didn't kind of. Yeah, but anyway. But yes, as I said, please let us know what you thought of the first three episodes, and we will kind of be back next week to talk about everything else. But we will leave you now to the recording we did yesterday, where we're slightly calmer uh, to hear about everything else royal that's happened this week. Right now, let's kind of move away from Meghan and Harry then for now and let's talk about Earthshot because this is obviously was such a huge, a huge event in the royal calendar, especially for the Prince and Princess of Wales. And you were obviously in Boston. How was it? Well, it was great. I, they had a, a really good reception. I was, um, I mean, not to tor- torpedo what you've just said about moving away from Meghan and Harry, but I think it was sort of the elephant in the room, wasn't it? Because... They had uh, they had released that ne- that first Netflix trailer trailer slap bang in the middle of uh, of William and Kate's mini mini visit mini tour trip call it what you will of Boston which had been going going pretty well they got a really good reception people braved the rain to see them um, then they went the uh, Harvard there was a uh, Williams meeting with President Joe Biden which I think is a real big example of sort of where he sees his future and certainly the the platform that he viewed on definitely that uh you know he's he's been meeting world leaders at the g7 at cop 27 you've now got him meeting uh the president of the free or the leader of the free world on sort of on his own turf and um far from the sort of theatrics and the and the, the circus of, of harry and Meghan, this is what william is about and certainly kate alongside him um m- meeting representatives of harvard of course she's had an awful lot to do with uh, early years development as we well know harvard is one of the world's leaders in that sphere and so i thought it was quite interesting to sort of see them going off on their own um own journeys uh, uh, as part of this trip and that is definitely going to uh, be sort of part of the course of, of what they're going to plan over the next few years, I suppose. Now, we spoke about the kind of some of the engagements in the lead up to the ceremony on last week's show. But how was the big night itself? It looked, having watched it on telly, um, and I watched it in the pub before the England game, because the, the pub I was in very kindly put it on all the big screens. Wow. Which I think it was a bit of a surprise to the other like 50 football fans that were in there, but I was sitting there watching it in, watching it in the pub, which was good fun. But it looked, it was very glitzy. They always look very cool. Whoever does the stage design, same as last year, it was all the trees everywhere and the floor was kind of changing for the different, you know, if it was water or air. How, what did you think? think of the the whole show well i thought it was spectacular to be honest i mean as you said a star-studded lineup we had billy eilish sort of uh um, appearing via video link the legend that is annie lennox um we had uh rami malik presenting an award it, it was you know 
started David Beckham flying in. I'm not too sure how environmentally conscious as that was because he does he's been in Qatar with the World Cup. Well yeah. Won. I was wondering what I was like, well I I thought he was in Qatar mm, when he rocked up on the screen. It, I was very it, confused. It does seem a little odd. I mean, maybe he was, he um, owns a, a, a football team in Miami. So maybe he was on a business there and he just sort of flew in on a, on a, uh, on a, on a short stop trip. However, I did think that was a little bit, you know, not, not uh, altogether in keeping with the event. How let's, let's skirt around it. But you're totally right. It was all singing, all dancing. It was great. The, the, they got a great reception in Boston City. Um, Mayor Michelle Wu spoke very, very eloquently once again. She'd met them in several instances over the course of the three days. And um, I haven't seen the the, uh, the TV production, actually, but uh, I, I'm told it was it, it all went very well. Um, and it, and of, co- of course, this is part of a ten-year project. So even if there were sort of little uh, teething issues, I'm sure that there are, this this is something that's going to go from strength to strength. And re- regardless of um, of the production values, the the actual message in it is these five points: trying to change the the, the planet, celebrating those individuals and groups that are working hard, um, often without the resources to do um, such climate change, planet changing initiatives, and to be giving a million pounds to each of them is a is you know, of course a massive deal. So it definitely will change the 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 fortunes of these organizations because without this help then um i think that uh that that, that they would struggle to to create a sort of a game-changing moment and that's what it's all about and it wouldn't be earth shot as well without a velvet blazer as they are becoming, well, you know, it's, there's going to be his weird tradition that he's got with these things. But I thought he looked great. Another kind of really smart look from him. Obviously, he stood to the stage to, you know, to give speeches as well. And Kate looked amazing in a, a very, very bright dress. Like, we know she loves colour, but this was almost kind of like highlighter green, which on paper should not have worked. If someone had said to me she was going to wear this, I would have, you know, me pretending I know about fashion that I know I talk about. She looked amazing. <laughs> and so this was a uh, a... Sabina maxi dress um, which is from Sullis London and it retails at £427 but she did this really fun thing which I'm seeing more about now where you rent it so it's more mm. kind of the idea is that rather than having all these very expensive dresses and then them just sitting to waste you kind of you borrow the dress pay apparently £74 she loaned this for and then you send it back and someone else can have a use of it so the idea of I mean you, I don't think you can exactly call a £427 dress fast fashion but the idea of these higher investment pieces and getting you know more people getting wares from them and it's I think it's also quite a nice idea for people like me who can't afford those big dresses to still get to wear a fancy dress but I really like that because was it last year they did the thing that they asked everyone to re-wear an old dress yeah they still did do that this year or sort of um you know trying to recycle something I think is was the um the order of the day and i mean i I, the women that i know certainly my wife does this about renting dresses it does seem to be quite uh on vogue at the moment doesn't it because if you know who can afford sort of 400 pound to four thousand pound dresses and you can rent rent all manner of um of items of clothing for something so special as a big award ceremony like that so i thought it was quite good to promote that aspect of the fashion industry as well um and of course i mean he's probably got a few velvet jackets in his locker hasn't he? But, uh, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't as fetching as the green one i still like the green year. one i miss I, do you know what i want to see like a nice kind of maroon color i think could be nice well you never know there is another <laughs> eight years of this to go so i mean it, He'll be wearing a, a, a luminous blue next time or yellow, perhaps. One thing I have to mention, I don't know if you saw it, uh, but a lot of my Twitter did. There was a few mention of Kate looks amazing, but they don't understand the her design. Her stylist doesn't understand the internet because lots of people pointed out her dress was basically a big green screen. I did and see as this. you can imagine, yes. people had quite a lot of fun with that. And it was obviously not the thing to be thinking about on such an important evening but I was having a bit of a giggle at the kind of funny variations of people were putting all sorts of funny patterns on weren't they which I did enjoy 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the internet can get up to sort of all weird and wonderful tricks. Um, I, I haven't seen m- most of them, to be honest, but uh, I'm sure there's some mischievous souls out there who will be <laughs> using Kate's dress as a green screen. It was very, it was very funny. It was a good, a good look, and I think they would have been laughing about it as well, which makes it okay in my mind. Um, now, before we move on, we also had those beautiful black and white photos from behind the scenes, which we got last year again. I wasn't sure if we'd get again, but I just thought they were lovely, and the looks between them. And and you see them kind of supporting each other were really nice. Well, I, I see, you know, I was with Chris Jackson, the Getty photographer. I mean, he's going from sort of strength to strength with uh, the, the pictures he's taken, not only of the late Queen, but members of the royal family. He's obviously got the Earthshot gig now. There was some, uh, also, re- I saw some new ones released today as well that sort of been pushed out by Getty. Um, and of course, I, it, it sort of gives a different flavour to the event, doesn't it? Because it was so spectacular in all the colours that were being, um, we were being treated to. And then to see it in a black and white almost gives it sort of a, a historical element, doesn't it? You saw William making his speech with some behind-the-scenes uh, photographs taken of uh, Kate and William speaking to some of the guests as well. Um, he said, I think it was... Um, it was as good as it was on a par. Should we be diplomatic? We should be diplomatic and say it was on a par with London. It was certainly different because of that big Coldplay... Um, uh, performance with all the cyclists outside generating the um, the the stage, uh, but yeah, I, I did enjoy it. The performances were fantastic. Um, Chloe X Halley, have you Chloe and Halley? Have you heard of these people? They no. are they are Beyonce's proteges. These two Ooh. women, and they were absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I'm showing my age because I hadn't heard of them before, but they they were phenomenal. Annie Lennox was amazing, and um, and then Ellie Goulding right at the end. So yeah. It's had something for everyone. And I think that when you take away the actual message of it and listen to um, to Prince William's speech, if you haven't seen it as yet, it's all over their social media and YouTube. And, um, and talking about this vital decade that everybody has the opportunity to, to get on board with these schemes and trying to push this sort of social consciousness element of it. And... Um, well, what what I what I did find fascinating was Ellie Goulding's tweet. Did you see this? No. Ellie Goulding came, Ellie Goulding came out and said something something along the lines of, "While there are distractions everywhere, these are the people we should be listening to." And then mm-hmm. linked to the Earthshot um, video of all the winners talking about their uh, incredible organisations and and ideas. So obviously that got massive traction because. She's a she's a friend of both of them. Or I was going to say she's very former yeah. friend because she was she was previously linked to Harry, wasn't she, romantically? So that may tell you quite an awful lot about where some uh, some of the loyalties and friendships lie ahead of this uh, big Netflix um, double double header blockbuster. Yeah, and you say you know friends, but not just friends. Like she performed at the weddings, didn't she? I think she's very yes. very yes, in there right, with yeah. with both brothers. So no, I hadn't seen that. That's very interesting. And also from a couple of the news reports I've seen. It sounds like it went down very well in the US as well, which is obviously, you know, I think part of William's plan for this, wasn't it? If it wasn't just going to be a UK, it is a, an Earth Prize. But I think it was the Boston Herald uh, said uh, Kate dazzled and the New York Post described it as a home run uh, for both William and Kate, which was really nice to see it getting those rave reviews and to getting those column inches, you know, over there as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, they had a tough gig. They arrived into sort of a racism storm, which was uh, nothing of their doing. Um, uh, We've discussed this last week about Lady Susan Hussey. That's still rumbling on. Obviously, questions are going to be asked about the palace and the uh, allegations of racism within the family, the institution. Let's wait and see whether Meghan and Harry are raising these um, subjects probably later on in the series next week. But I mean, you know that, that they've got to smile and carry on, haven't they? And that's exactly what they did do. They got on with the engagements. They were welcomed with open arms. There was um, there was no b- business of uh, of trying to detract from what they wanted to to get a message out and to what they wanted to talk about. Which I suppose they're professionals. At the end of the day, the show must go on, as it as it's um, the old adage goes. And indeed, it did, and it and it culminated in this big. Um, in this big extravaganza on on the uh, on the Friday, but you know, as soon as that was finished, you can bet your bottom dollar attentions were turned to this Netflix series. And certainly, the people I was speaking to said, "Of course, you know, William is going to go straight back speak to the king." I understand that that has happened; that they have spoken. They will 
respond if they feel backed into a corner and they feel that the monarchy is being threatened or some of the allegations that Meghan and Harry come out with are completely unjust. So, you know, we we used to have the old adage of um, never complain, never explain from the Queen. And that went out the window when she did respond to the, uh, to the Oprah Winfrey interview. I mean, we all remember recollections may vary. And I think we might get something along those lines um, with, uh, with you know, the, at the end of the result with uh, this Netflix series. Definitely. Now, there was also, as we said this, and, you know, there is that going on in the background, but from the kind of the public facing side of it, it is still very much business as normal. And this was the case last night. So this was Tuesday evening, where there was a diplomatic reception at Buckingham Palace. So we had, I feel like we've had no tiaras in a while, and we've had like two in a month now. And so the King, the Queen, Kate and William were there. What is a diplomatic reception? Which sounds like a very dip- daft question, but please help. Yes, no, the, the diplomatic courts are for to sort of celebrate all the people within the, the diplomatic service, the, the top bods in the diplomatic corps, who represent um, all different countries in the UK. And so um, it's the first time it's happened since 2019, which, gosh, seems an awful long time ago. And bit of context is that we didn't really find out about this um because i've been being asked on social media when are we going to have this is it going to happen this year and we didn't even find out till very very late last night so it can i think that shows you how you know the palaces are in a bit of a spin over this harry and megan um netflix series because we would have expected to be fully briefed on this it wasn't pretty much until they started arriving that the palace started telling us oh, by the way, this is happening. And it's almost like someone forgot. So luckily, uh, there were some great pictures there. Um, as you say, Kate was wowing in a, um, I'm looking at your notes, Scarlet Gem Embellished Dress by Jenny Packham. You say that with such Very- confidence, Russell. You, re- you really do. <laughs> Lotus Flower Tiara. I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Also known as the Queen Mother's Patrius Tiara. Yes, so she's worn this quite a lot before, and it's a really nice, uh, it's kind of made with diamonds, it's got kind of like different motifs across it and like floating diamond arches. I really, I love this look from Kate last night, I think she looks so, it was such a statement colour and it's kind of got like, as I said, like little gems, it's probably not gems, they're probably a lot fancier version of gems, but we're going to go with that. Um, It was just such, it was really nice to see her again in colour, but what I really noticed is normally when we have Kate in a tiara, she's got her hair up in a bun, and we haven't really seen too much of it with the hair down in a tiara um, which I I just thought was a really lovely look uh, so she's worn this quite a few times before this tiara she wore it to a reception at the palace in 2013 and she wore it to her state banquet in the UK in 2015 uh, so lots lots of times before uh, she also of course had her uh, Queen Elizabeth II's royal family order and the blue royal Victorian sash um, which you know we, we see her in quite a lot now um, and I also really like Camilla's dress I thought she looked lovely and that was an Alan and Anna Valentina gown Um, and she again had the same diamond and sapphire tiara and necklace which she wore to the South African state banquet so she's worn it quite recently which we don't normally see. I'd love to think well, it's because someone just hadn't put it, you know, it was, it was already out. Recy- it's uh, order of the day is to be recycling your gowns and your tiaras. So they're, they're just uh, recycling the, <laughs> the nearest one to hand, perhaps. Exactly. But I thought they looked really lovely and it was a great event. There were hundreds of people there. And so I didn't realise that they were due to have this last year in March this year, uh, but it was postponed due to the uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But this is normally the one that's every December. Buffet supper and dancing, which sounds great. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? What do you reckon? Do you reckon Charles is a good dancer? <laughs> I'm not too sure if he's getting on the dance floor, to be honest. Maybe Camilla after a couple of drinks. I reckon Camilla would. Well, there was possibly, <laughs> you know, one of the photos from Harry and Meghan's wedding that they put in the trailer. There was obviously, oh, yes, you could she, see Mike Tinder in the, the bottom. Dance floor. Yeah, and I was desperately yeah. trying to figure out if it was her or not, but I couldn't quite work it out. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Now, elsewhere, Camilla has had a, a busy week. Uh, so she's been, de- this is one of my favourite royal events of the year and it's one of my favourite Christmas events. So this is when Camilla invites children to Clarence House to help decorate. And this was really lovely today, wasn't it? It was. I mean, every year she's, she's been doing this for a fair few years and Camilla invites children from two charities. There's the Helen and Douglas House and the Royal Dahl Marvellous Children's Charity and get these amazing kids to decorate the Christmas tree. And uh, 
and give out a few festive gifts at her, at her London home. Of course, they are still living in Clarence House. Buckingham Palace is still being done up. Who knows whether they will eventually move uh, move over to BP when it's all finished. I'm not too sure, you know. I think that they might try and stay at Clarence House because they do like it. And she likes being, you know, within the confines of uh, the, her own comforts. Um, and now this is the, obviously the first time she's been doing it as Queen Consort. So uh, a lovely, a lovely event. There was 11 children accompanied by their parents, uh, obviously representatives of the two charities. And... Um, they sort of they they all gather and they're sort of I sort of the pictures I've seen they're all sort of looking on in open mouthed wonder when the doors of the morning room open up and then this big Christmas tree is revealed and then the king and queen consorts um, assistant Ekri a chap called Captain Ed Anderson was there and sort of announces that the children must help decorate the tree and uh, you can see the look on their faces and uh, it really it really is a, a beautiful event I think I went a couple of years ago actually and I. There wasn't, you know, there's a, there, there's a, there's a, wasn't a dry eye in the house when you're sort of seeing all these kids having a nice time. And this is the one where they get some help and they put one of the kind of guards puts the decorations on a sword, doesn't he, and puts them at the top. Absolutely, yeah. They get one of the guards to put the, uh, I don't know what it is, I suppose it's a, it's a star at the end of it. What do you normally have? A star or an angel at the top of your tree? Angel. Oh, yeah, I've, I've lost both, it this year. I put my tree up um, on Monday and I can't find it. So it's just a bit bare at the top now. I need to... Well, I've, I've just returned. So I need to get I need to get a tree this weekend and oh, get it up fine. sharpish because we're, yeah, we're running a bit late. Getting there quickly. Maybe not tomorrow. You might be a bit busy then. <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> now, another really lovely thing that I, I feel maybe I'm a bit guilty of this kind of slipped me by a bit again because of the chaos of I feel like all of this week has just been waiting for Meghan and Harry. But the kind of royal women have all come together for good cow- housekeeping. And this is for the 100th anniversary of the magazine but we had Camilla, Kate, Sophie, Princess Anne the Duchess of Gloucester and Princess Alexandra have all contributed to this edition of the magazine you've got Camilla on the front and I can't recall an incident where all the women have been involved in something together like this no I'm sure there will be a royal historian out there who will correct us but no it's certainly my first uh, understanding that they've all come together and what I did think was a lovely line that this had all been signed off many many months ago um by the late queen herself she said she wanted Aww. you know all the women to come together one may wonder if she was going to uh sort of given a, a appraisal of her charities but i thought that that was you know particularly poignant that um even that she's you know now no longer with us that she's the one still pulling the strings as it were that uh she'd allowed women to, to get together to speak about their charitable endeavours. Of course, it is a major part of being a royal to speak about and to highlight the causes that are re- you're really, really passionate about. Of course, we're seeing uh, Camilla speak uh, with increasing frequency about domestic violence. That was the the um, uh, Buckingham Palace uh, event last week that unfortunately got overshadowed, but it was all to celebrate the work done by campaigners in the domestic violence field. Also, Kate speaking about early years development and um, and uh, and the other women chipping in as well. So what have I always said? I'm always saying there's got to be more collaboration between the royals. And I think this is a perfect example of it. I think it was such a lovely idea and just bringing them all together, I thought was so good. And they all used it. They all highlighted different causes that are important to them. Camilla, obviously, as I said, she was on the front in a beautiful green outfit. She used it as another opportunity to talk about the work she does with domestic abuse charities, this time focusing on safe lives. So just it was a really lovely idea. Very festive, very Christmassy, but still getting those key charity uh, messages in as well. Now, earlier in the week, uh, King Charles was out in Luton. Um, what do we know about this? Because you obviously were in Boston at the time, so you couldn't go out and about on this one. But what have your kind of colleagues who were on the scene told you? Well, unfortunately, it was once again marred by a protester wielding an egg, no less. I mean, we had one in um, in York a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? When uh, when Charles and Camilla were doing a walkabout there. And unfortunately, a man was arrested after throwing an egg in the direction of the king in uh, during a walkabout in Luton. Now, the reason of the visit was to meet uh, representatives from the Royal British Legion, the Ghana Society, Luton Town's Football Academy, uh, the veterans and the cadets associated with the town and the club as well. Um, 
but it really didn't go to plan. I mean, it was like a really lovely visit. He went to a Sikh temple. He went to the, the Guru Nanak Gurudwada in the town. I hope I pronounced that correctly. I'm going to do it again. The Guru Nanak Gurudwara in Luton and met volunteers of the Luton Sikh soup kitchen stand. But it kind of got overshadowed again because, you know, this person, a 20-year-old, has been arrested at the scene throwing an egg they didn't film it. There was no filming. There was no shouting. It all seemed a bit bizarre. But unfortunately, I, do, I definitely do think this is this is something that the royals are potentially going to have to combat um, because I just can't imagine this would have happened in, in when the Queen was here, and it hasn't happened to Charles um, on too many occasions before. I know that this this sort of have been protests. There was someone who um, who tried to shoot him once. I think that was in two thousand and two. I was speaking to Robert Jobson the other day, and he was t- showing me this uh, potential shooting in uh, Australia. Bear with me. I'm going to try and find it. It's Charles. Because we've obviously had those two those two incidences uh, with the egging, obviously, the, the one you're looking into now. But we've also had, you know, there's more heckling going on at the moment. There was Kate and um, William were booed when they got to that uh, basketball game when they first got to Boston. There is, there does feel like there is, you know, I know there's just the odd instances still, and it's nothing compared to the support that they're seeing, but there is still more instances of this. Well, I'm going to correct myself because it was in January 1994. There are videos of this, and I'll tell you what, Charles moves. He doesn't move at all. He's just pretty much calm as a cucumber as this man jumps onto stage uh, at a protest in Australia. And... um, uh, this chap, David Kang, obviously obviously was a, a, a arrested, but Charles is um, very, very calm b- before being pushed out of the way. Is it is it something they should be concerned about? I mean, there are more vocal voices. The, the royal family does seem pretty split and divided at the moment. I mean, especially with the, the Harry and Meghan um, Netflix series coming out. Um, I, I do think there is sort of a, a, a wave of dissenting voices and... People need to sort of channel that in the right way. I'm sure there's better ways than, uh, you know, accost- a lady who accosted Kate in Ireland saying Ireland belongs to the... It'd be better if you were at home, Ireland belongs to the Irish, booing them when they turn up. Because, you, you know, you wouldn't... You, you know, I don't think you'd get that of celebrities, would you? People just wouldn't bother turning up at a, a charity event and booing someone. So uh, there, there is definitely ways of, of channeling um, one's discourse, and, and this doesn't seem to be the right way. But, of course, if, if one of the royals gets smacked in the face with an egg, it's, it's going to make massive headlines, isn't it? So, unfortunately, it might only be a matter of time before that does happen. And it's not something that's just happening to, to the royal family kind of in the more traditional sense, because we saw that Meghan and Harry were out in New York last night. Uh, they were at the Ripple of Hope Gala, and when they walked in, they a heckler shouted at them as well. Um, I'm not sure if you. If well, you it wasn't. It was it was a this. journalist, and there was a, obviously a couple of people who were saying who were saying to, to them, you know, uh, how does it feel? I think it was along the lines of, "Are you? Oh, that was it. Are you putting money before your family, Harry?" And Harry sort of sheepishly said, "Oh, so many questions before they were ushered inside." But there was you, there were a couple of people in the crowd as well saying. Um, how did it feel to sell out the royal family? How does it feel to you know to go against your your, your own family? Um, yeah, Megan. The, mean, the strongest one I've seen kind of a clip of was Megan. You've destroyed the royal family. So some well, really harsh, heavy, really yeah, harsh pretty... words coming from people in the US. And this is this is before we've even seen the Netflix series. So I mean, it's it's a, as Harry says, it's a dirty business or a dirty game. And I think that. You know, when when you're drawing battle lines like this, it's um, unfortunately you're going to come in for a bit of stick. Um, whether the royals deserve that at the moment is, well, I suppose it's a matter of opinion, isn't it? I don't think anyone deserves to get egged, um, okay. and certainly not the, the king, who seems to have been quite um, just getting along with his business quite quietly. But Harry and Meghan are going to divide opinion. It depends what side of the the, uh, the fence you're on at the moment. And this award ceremony they were at last night, this was a very glitzy, a very glitzy do, wasn't it? And this was the, and they were given a human rights award? Well, they were. I mean, it depends how, you know, deserving of it you'd think they are. I mean, it was a a human rights award called the Ripple Ripple of Hope Gala, tickets selling up to a million dollars, previous winners including Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton. Um, 
This is for fighting systemic racism. Um, one would assume that this is around around their uh, their treatment within the family. But what what I do think is uh, you know quite interesting is the fact that they were on stage basically talking about how you know this is only the beginning, and that the fact that uh, that whether you whether that's alluding to their quest to take down the royal family or. Um, or indeed the beginning of their work fighting against racism, one can only imagine what they meant. But uh, it is it is quite interesting that this is happening on the, the, well, the eve, pretty much, of this Netflix series. And, you know, I just, I think from all the trailers we've seen, we obviously have to make a judgment when we've seen it, but from all the trailers we've seen, um, who knows how this is going to end up for them. And just to quickly mention, uh, because Harry looked very smart in a suit, but Megan, I thought, looked fantastic. She was in a bespoke Louis Vuitton white kind of off-the-shoulder dress um, and just, just thought she looked incredible, kind of quite simple, but looked absolutely, absolutely beautiful as well. Now, I know it's quite hard probably to, to look ahead of the next kind of 48 hours in terms of royal lines, but is there anything you can tell us that's coming up next week or do we need to kind of wait and see? Is it all top secret? Well, of course, we've got um, we've got Kate's uh, Carol concert at Westminster Abbey. All the royals are going to be in, out in force on that. We've had a, of a, a big cast of the senior royals are going to be joining her, and that is you know definitely a show. I'm sure they would have gone anyway, but it's, it will definitely be a show of unity on the Thursday that the other um, three final episodes of the Netflix series has come out. So I think that's the main one to look forward to at the moment, isn't it? Um, yes, and is there, will, play there, the there are again? a couple of other. Do you, think she'll, do you think she'll play the piano again? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, how'd you top last year? It was pretty good last yeah. year, wasn't it? So maybe, maybe she'll sing, play the guitar. There we go. Or she uh, could maybe get know, some yeah. of the other royals up. They can do like a Well, I thought that would be amazing. That would be good, I mean, wouldn't it? That would yeah, that definitely. would win them back some headlines from Megan and like Harry. A, if like, you get, an like, X, yeah. like an X Factor finalist medley. <laughs> that would be amazing. Love Lots it. Lots of smoke. Fully and, support uh, that yeah. idea. There are certainly there are other um, events coming up, but I think that's the main one to look forward to. And let's be honest, nobody's going to be talking about anything other than Netflix, are they? Very true. Very true. Thank you so much for joining me, Russell. Thank you for everyone who is listening in at home. As always, we are on social, Twitter and Instagram at PodSave. And we would love to hear your views on Meghan and Harry's documentary once you've had a chance to watch it. And until next time. PodSave the King! Save the King!